0: For Kobe, just 19
1: deliveries. Well, might the Gloucestershire players be standing in the dugout? Hello and welcome to Sticky Wicket, the only podcast that thinks Surrey players have the best haircuts, haircuts in all of cricket. Today we have another fantastic episode for you guys. As usual, I'm joined by my multi-award winning co-host, Dom Allen. How are you, Dom? Um, you didn't need to say that That's just. <laughs> That makes me look like I've written this script and put that in. Toby, that was awesome.
2: <laughs> I'm good. I'm really excited for today.
1: Yeah, and, and today we're, we're really lucky enough. We've got a fantastic interview with Gloucester cricketing hero, Ian Cobain, one of the best batsmen in T20 cricket. How are you, Ian? Yeah, very well. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. Oh, we're so excited. and It's great
2: to have you on. I've been lucky enough to see Ian score so many runs down at the County ground. We have so many questions about what it's like to actually be a professional cricketer. But we've got to start with the URN Super It's a bit of a tradition. It's six quick fire questions, Ian, and we need some
1: six uh, quickfire answers. Toby, are you ready? I am ready. We'll get, get on it. So, first question, Ian Which athlete from any other sport would you like to see play cricket?
0: Oh, I guess you saying Bolt. I reckon he could bowl pretty quick. <laughs> would you like to face him out of interest? Oh, it'd be nice to say that like, you faced him, wouldn't it?
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> a Lord's Test five or a Lord's Test 100? Oh, I've got to be 100. Yeah.
1: No, that makes sense as a batsman. Um what has been your favorite match you've seen live or on TV? Oh, geez, that's a good one. Um I don't know if I can give you a quick fire question
0: a quick fire answer for that one. Probably it's oh, probably got to be the World Cup final, hasn't it?
2: Um when was that? Not last year, 2 years ago? I mean that's becoming everyone seems to be answering that, but just a spin off question, what's the best game you've played in?
0: Um Oh, I've got a couple of different different ones really. Uh, making my first class debut was pretty special. Yeah, you know, sort of went went around the houses to sort of to get there. I was 24 when I made my debut, so I was probably a bit older than most. Um, so that was nice. Um, but also playing playing at Lords and we we chased down a, a decent total uh, at Lords
2: and, and I got 100, which was nice. We're going to slightly adapt this next question. If you're walking out to to bat for Gloucester, what song do you want and why? <laughs> Being from Liverpool and supporting Everton, i will probably go Z Cars.
1: <laughs> Very nice, yeah. Um, so what are three essentials of cricketing tea?
0: Oh, jeez. Um, well, a cup of tea, for a start. Um, we normally come across a lasagna. Uh, that, that's normally that's normally on the menu. You normally, you, you probably get about ten, 10 of them a year. Um, and then and some sort of dessert, probably a, a chocolate brownie or something like that. I'll, that would be pretty nice, especially after a long
2: day in the field. Oh, that does sound rather tempting. I'm gonna be honest. Um, <laughs> last question: Would you rather be at a Test match at Lords in the Pavilion or in the Holly Stand on Finals Day?
0: Oh, probably in the Holly Stand on Finals Day.
2: Yeah, that seems to be the sort of common answer from the younger generation, and we've got to make sure I fit into that younger generation <laughs> category though. Sure, sure. <laughs> yeah. well, thank you so much for being part of that Super Over. Let's start at the beginning of your career. Your dad used to play cricket for Lancashire, and you, you're you from Bootle, as you said, uh, off air. So how did a Bootle boy find his way down to Bristol?
0: Um, well, like I said before, I just you know, just went around the houses a little bit, really. Um, you know, I played played all my junior cricket at Lancashire, right from under elevens all the way through. Um, had it two years on the academy there, played a couple of seasons in the second team. Um, and when I was sort of trying to break through, there was Lancs had such a huge squad, it was tough to tough to get a game. I was sort of in and out of the seconds, and you know, I was sort of contemplating whether cricket was was going to be the the go for me in terms of a as, as a job. So. I got the opportunity to move down to the MCC Young Cricketers, um, which, you know, I, I didn't really hesitate. I, I sort of snapped that up pretty quickly and, and I moved down to London. I had two and a half years down there, um, done pretty well. And then it, Gloucester was one of those teams where I'd always do well against them. Um, it was just just the way it happened. And, and then, yeah, I went on a trial and, and got some old runs on a trial game. And and then, yeah, the rest is history, really. And like I said, I was, I was 24 when I got signed, so probably a bit older than the, the norm.
1: Yeah, your, your then very first professional appearance came against Derbyshire in April two thousand eleven. What was it like feeling that you now a professional sportsman and were playing for, for for your county?
0: Yeah, it was it was incredible. Um, sort of took me by surprise a little bit, really. Um, we had a couple of injuries in preseason, which gave me the opportunity to, to to obviously to get the get the nod for that first game and yeah, straight in thrown in a deep end and, and open the batting. Um, yeah, it was it was it was a weird one. Like walking out the bat first time. Yeah, it was uh, you know the nerves were gone. That's for sure. And I'm not overly a nervous person, but yeah, they the definitely had a the, had the butterflies in the tummy, which was nice.
1: Yeah, no, that's that's good to hear. I, I saw you got fifty as well in that in the second innings.
0: There, did you? Yeah, I did yeah. Fifty odd not out. Me chasing a relatively small total, and I was batting with Alex Kidman for quite a while, and he sort of took the pressure off me a little bit, which was nice. Oh,
1: that's good to hear. And then you you played with uh, in an absolute titan of the game. What was it like having him as a as a colleague? Was everyone in awe of him? Oh,
0: absolutely! Yeah, you know he's arguably one of the best bowlers of all time. Um, and yeah, it was. I um, wasn't quite sure what to expect in as a as a character. But well, geez, he's he's as mad as a box of frogs. <laughs> Honestly, he's off his head. He, <laughs> how old would he have been when he played for us probably 40 and you know he was acting like a bloody 18 year old he was running around playing changing room cricket and yeah he was he was so so much fun to be around an absolute hero of a
2: bloke yeah i I can imagine sort of hamish marshall trying to act really cool around him was that the case (laughs) i think everyone was trying to act pretty cool around
0: him. you know he's you know everyone wanted to impress him um but, yeah, you know, he, he wasn't there to, to be impressed by people. He was there to play his cricket and, and to have a good time. And, you know, he fitted in really well.
2: Yeah, I remember going to see him at the county ground and there was just this awe about him wherever he went on the field. And I could just sense that even the Gloucester players sometimes were slightly in awe of him during the game. <laughs> Since your debut in 2011, you have only missed one of Gloucester's 123 T20 fixtures. And in that time, you've been the Blast's leading run scorer among middle-order batsmen. Gloucester's all-time leading T20 scorer. Why do you think T20 best suits you? Um,
0: I don't know. Really, it was um, you know I'd, I'd always liked playing T20 growing up. or you know we played played a lot of it as youngsters, um, and then didn't really play a great deal of it. I, at club cricket, we played you know the odd game here and there and what have you. But our club cricket, we played a lot of forty-five over games. You know, so I sort of got the I sort of got the feeling of, of how to chase well how to how to set up an in innings and um, chasing in one day cricket. Um, you know, different scenarios and and what have you. And, you know, it's just the way I play, it. I'm a pretty aggressive player and, you know, not a bad ball striker. So, you know, that sort of sort of took over a little bit and, you know, I, I really enjoyed it and I just I loved playing in front of the bigger crowds. And you know, it's just one of those things that sort of clicked for me and I worked out my game and, you know, pretty, pretty quickly to be honest. Um, and yeah, it was just one of those things that just sort of Got a bit of momentum and and yeah, things just sort of kept going
1: pretty well. That's good to hear. Unfortunately, though, you missed out on the first draft of the hundred in 2019, despite being a constant run scorer in, in the blast, averaging only under 30 once since 2014. And you were understandably disappointed, I'm sure. How did you cope with the news? And did you did you use it to really push you on in the in last year's blast where you were so dominant?
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I thought I had a pretty good chance to to get picked up given given my stats over the, the previous years. Um, so yeah, I actually, I actually watched the draft, uh, live at home, and, uh, you know, as the, the picks are coming out and, you know, your name doesn't crop up. It was, I was starting to get a bit more anxious as, as the, as the names kept coming out of the hat. And then I was just, you know, and then it sort of dawned on me that, you know, I hadn't been picked up and I was, yeah, I was, it was a very, very tough pill to swallow. Um, you know, but the, my type of character, I guess is, you know, I saw that as a bit of a, a bit of a kick up the bum and so it give me a give me a renewed renewed bit of like fire in my belly to to keep pushing forward you know i got a i sort of done a bit of research and got a bit of feedback from the coaches of of why i wasn't selected and you know it, that sort of it gave me a, a big motivation to to push forward going into last year's blast
2: yeah and we did everyone really saw how much it did push you on cuz you averaged 44 with the bat and a strike rate of almost 170 it was your blast it's fair to say batting wise um the joint highest six hitter in the competition when you hear stats like that do you ever realize that you're at the pinnacle of your game or it or does it does it just sort of fly over you that all these stats are coming at you
0: yeah it was it was also you know I was just getting bombarded with stats because I was coming up to to Michael Klinger's um record of, of leading run scorer as well and you know, I was getting close to hitting, I think it was 100 sixes or whatever it was. And, you know, just sort of every every interview I had was kind of just bombarded with stats. <laughs> um, but in, in terms of the actual season, it's, you know, I got off to, I, I don't think I got any runs in the first game. Um, you know, and you sort of was going, oh, God, is it going to be one of those years or, or what have you? And the second game against Worcester, I managed to, managed to hit a couple of sixes and it sort of kicked me into gear a little bit. And then we had that had the, the shortened game against Warwickshire on TV you know and I' obviously got got a couple out in the middle that day and you know that, it sort of just just kicked on from there really I, I didn't really want it to take a back step and you know, a lot of the feedback was that my strike rate wasn't high enough you know I was still I was probably st- still striking at 135 or maybe close to 140 for my career you know and I was thinking well I'm not really <laughs> sure what <laughs> How much more I can do. So I, you know, I, I just I just thought, you know what, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna try and tee it up. And if I can get a few away, then if I can get my out there, get my strike rate up there, then you know, my average looks after itself. And you know, people don't
2: really have much of an option then but to but to stand up and take notice. Yeah, and they yeah. certainly did. And you've signed for Welsh Fire. How excited are you to play for a different team for the first time since 2011?
0: Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be exciting, you know, and you come across quite a lot of the lads Um, over the years and and around the circuit and stuff so it's good that we've got Dave Payne and and Ryan Higgins there as well obviously I know very well Um, there's a couple of couple of other lads there who you know you know relatively well and to to have a good chat with so yeah I guess I guess we'll all we'll all fit in pretty well and you know everyone gets along and hopefully hopefully we we sort of click into click into gear as a unit and and hopefully we go pretty well
1: Mm. How do, you, how do you see the 100 changing compared to T20? Because there's been quite a lot of talk about how it's quite a different game in some ways, but is it? do you think it might be surprisingly different and the five balls in and over and everything?
0: Yeah, I was actually lucky enough. I played in a couple of the trial games um, a few years back um, at, at Trent Bridge and, you know, everyone sort of was going in with an open mind going, well, is this going to pan out or, you know, is it going to be any good or is it going to be rubbish or what? And everyone that played in it, you know, they really enjoyed it. Um, there's there's actually a lot of strategy that strategy that goes into it given given the bowlers can bowl effectively two overs they can bowl 10 balls and you know it I felt I felt like as a batter it's sort of there's no sort of middle ground you're either you get tied down really quickly and then you, you're you under the pump really quickly because you know you haven't got that six ball to, to bail out and then you know let's say a spinner's bowl and then they rush through five balls and then you've patted back you know you've patted back three dots out of five and then all of a sudden they're bowling again, they're bowling the next five balls. And you're like, oh God, like you feel like you lose, you know, you lose 10 balls of the game, like in an instant. Whereas like vice versa, if you, if you get a couple of boundaries away in your first couple of balls, you are going, especially if you're hitting like, let's say with the wind or to a short boundary, you're thinking, oh, I've got 10 balls here. I can, I can really tee this up and I can get into a bit of rhythm, you know, and if you can, you can, you can probably get Four or five sixes away, you know, in, in in your ten balls, especially if you really fancy an end and you fancy a bowler, so it sort of it works on the you know there's there wasn't really much middle ground, so I'm hoping it'll be it'll be good for the for the spectators, and obviously the the reason why they brought it in is to, to try and attract people who are not necessarily involved or interested in cricket. So yeah, it'll be it'll be good to see.
1: Do you think it might be a more tactical game than T Twenty with the sort of picking when you bowl two overs in a row? And sort of how you sort of use the matchups and everything.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think it's going to be great. Um, You know, I think the teams who are going to succeed in the first couple of years are going to be the ones that work out those tactics the quickest. Um, I think once you know, once everybody sort of gets on the same same board and and, and realizes what uh, what the crack is, then you know, then there'll be different different nuances I guess. in, in tactics and, and what have you, and you know people could start thinking outside the box or or whatever. But yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how people approach it.
1: Yeah, I know. I mean Don not really looking forward to it as well. So it should be it should be a good summer ahead.
2: This this, this. is U R N.
1: Enormous from Cobain. Everything he touches turns to gold. It's six six. Last year, like we mentioned, you helped Gloucester to Gloucestershire to a finals day. Um, getting to finals day is obviously a career highlight, but to have no fans must have been a bit disappointing. Um, also, yeah. to play in October might be a bit unique. How was your experience of the day?
0: Yeah, you know, you it's one of those things, playing T20, it, it's obviously the, the goal is to, to get to finals day. And, you know, I've watched a few of it, never been lucky enough to go. But, you know, I've watched, watched a few on TV and it looks like a right good laugh. You know, it's beers are flowing and everyone's having a bloody good time so you know to, to be out there and experience it was you know something I was definitely looking forward to and, and there not being any fans there was a bit a bit strange you know you sort of you get the you can't you can't really get the, the whole build-up of the of the big occasion you, you know it's a big occasion you know because you're, you're playing in the game but in terms of you know experience and the atmosphere and, and taking all that in then you know, it was a bit of a, a bit of a shame, but, but hopefully we can we can get there again this year and hopefully we've got some fans in to to make it a, a good day.
2: Yeah, as a boy from Bristol, I do want to see Gloucester at the next finals day. It's fair <laughs> to say you've been part of Gloucester's revival from the early 2010s, it's fair to say, and it's sort of been bubbling along with the ground improvements. Gloucester is such a lovely ground to go to now when I think the mound stand maybe wasn't the most attractive stand in all of cricket. Um, do you a do you ever realize, um, or do you ever think of how far Gloucester has come along with you at a similar sort of rate?
0: Yeah, definitely. You know, when I when I first joined, it was it was a very young team. You know, you had our old heads in there, like you, your Hamish and, and Alex Gidman and uh, Chris Taylor, Johnny Lewis. Um, but take those guys. You know, there was everyone was pretty well apart from me. I was kind of like in the middle between between the two. It was, it was me at twenty four, and then I guess everybody else was under twenty. Um, and we've done well to keep that core group of players together, and we've all we've all sort of grown together. And you know, we're all in, we're extremely extremely close close knit unit. And and keeping that core together is, has definitely been been a reason why we have been so successful,
2: especially in one day cricket over the last few years. Yeah, and I I know you didn't play in the game, but the game against Surrey sort of capped it off. And what a wonderful day that was for Gloucester Cricket. Well, one thing I really want to ask a professional cricketer is something quite personal to my heart. Gloucester kits—you've been through the gladiator period, and now they're let's say quite bright, quite yellow. As a kit lover, I have a few questions for you. And is, is it right if I ask you three very quick questions? Yeah, sure. Players get any input in the kit design? Do
0: you know what? If there's any dodgy kits going around, David Payne is the bloke to complain to. Me. <laughs> He rates himself as an absolute fashion guru. Oh, <laughs> there's got, there's some, yeah. So we get we get given a, a choice of probably four or five different designs that we can possibly go down. And yeah, Payney Payney definitely takes control being the fashion, the fashion icon of the of the dressing room. Or so he likes to think anyway.
2: Oh, those bright yellow kits, is that all his design, do you think? Do you think he <laughs> slipped a word into the designer? <laughs> well. I'm not sure, you know, the the marketing team do take a little bit of responsibility
0: there of what what sort of direction we go down, but but yeah, Payne definitely has the final say on on the on the design.
2: Also, how difficult is it to find bright yellow
0: pads? Well, luckily we back we use black pads, so it hasn't been hasn't been too much of a stretch. So that's been that's been good. Okay. Yeah, yeah. because that um, could have been a, bit of a nightmare.
2: And one last question about kits, and I, I promise we will move on from here. Do you wear your professional kit around the house or is it just almost like work clothes you won't put it on in the house or do you ever just have breakfast in your T20 shirt? <laughs> Not so much my shirt, no. I, I do wear
0: I do wear the jumpers um around the house, especially now the, the the new ones that we've got. They've got like a bit of a fleecy inside, so that it's a great pajama jumper, I must I must admit.
1: Yeah, a question that I've sort of had, wanting to ask lots of cricketers and professional sportsmen, how do you guys all decide where you sit in the changing rooms? Is there a specific order? Because away changing rooms are probably quite different to the, to the home ones.
0: Yeah, so you know, I, I sort of when I first joined, there was there was a space open where whoever it was 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 before me. Um, you know, and I've been in the same spot since I joined. Um, but there's definitely a pecking and order, and you've got there are the, there are the the, the the best seats in the changing room. Um, they only they only really get passed on as and when people retire or or move or move on so and then it goes it, yeah it definitely it goes up for grabs it, normally the, the most senior gets the cho- gets the choice and then it gradually you gradually work your way down the pecking order to the younger to the younger lads so they don't get much of a sniff to be honest
1: Does that mean in the next few years you might be moving up towards Towards the upper end, or you're already there, perhaps.
0: Oh, uh, being one of the older ones, I've I've had the opportunity to to up to up camp and move, but I've <laughs> I've stayed firm. I've stayed firm. I've I've stayed loyal to my spot, and yeah, I don't want to move. I've got a pretty good. I've got a pretty good gig where I am.
1: Sure, yeah. And then on um, on T20s again, you've played all around the country. Are there any grounds in particular that have the sort of the best atmosphere and that stand out as as a player where you like to play?
0: obviously lords is you know it's just a, it's that's the biggest standout you know the whole tradition that goes with the ground and you know the just everything that's with it you know the food the changing rooms the the pavilion it's it's outstanding it's absolute first class um but in terms of like actual atmosphere um i'd probably say the oval is the best i've been lucky enough to play a couple of t20s there on a friday night especially when it's been pretty warm as well and you know you get all the all the city all the city folk pop down after work and you know they're not shy of a few beers and you know it, you get 20 25 000 pissed up blokes in there and it, it gets quite
2: rowdy it's it's pretty good fun that does that does sound what i want the end of lockdown to be just in the <laughs> summer sun watching you hit sixes for gloucester again sorry i can't wait we yeah. seem to ask this to all our guests and it's a matter close to me and toby's heart what is the best and worst grounds for food at tea and lunch breaks you've talked about the lasagnas where does the best lasagna?
0: Oh God, um, <laughs> I don't know about the best lasagna, but no, the, the best food—it's it's, you know it has to be Lords. They've got a, a an actual proper Michelin star chef in the restaurant or in the in the, the kitchen, and you know they just bang out an absolutely bang out a three course meal with with waitress service. It's you know it's just top notch, and the Oval is also extremely good food. Um and then the worst worst food it's a it's a toss up there's a couple of there's a couple of dodgy <laughs> joints that you don't really want to get you don't want to be 12 man that's for sure and you're looking forward to your lunch <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah now as you mentioned before the interview and we have a bit of surprise for you uh, my old form tutor and cricket coach is uh, is actually richard cofftree an old housemate and teammate <laughs> of yours
0: i've actually just been messaging coffers just
1: a minute ago that's <laughs> <laughs> uh, great timing yeah so he he um, he was very very nice in his in his email about you. He's saying he's one of the top one day batters in, in county cricket, and your ability to control the temp of an innings is exceptional, um, and and you can also find the rope uh, when you need to. So he's he's very excited to see you play for Welsh Fire next year. And he had a couple of questions. So the first one was your catch to get KP out in against Surrey at Gloucester School. Your best ever catch.
0: Um, it'd be up there, that's for sure. Yeah, I remember that one actually. I nearly bloody knocked myself out. Yeah, I'd got a mouthful of got a mouthful of the dirt. <laughs> no, that was a good one. Um I reckon probably the now I reckon probably the best catch I've taken was a um, four-day game um, against Kent. Uh, Dave Payne was bowling and I was at second slip, I think it was second or third slip. And um, Martin van Yarsweld nicked one and I pretty much dived like full length and yeah, took an absolute hanger. I'd probably go. Yeah, I'd probably say that was that
1: was my best catch that I've taken. Cheekily, he's he's asked, "Has your crossword game improved?"
0: Coffers, <laughs> he's a belter, isn't he? Um, do you know what? I've actually stepped away from the crosswords. Um, yeah, I, there's not many there's not many of the lads to who, who tend to to partake anymore. So. You know, it's. I know, I'm also not playing a great deal of four day cricket, so <laughs> that kind of <laughs> that kind of puts the stoppers on on doing a crossword. Um, yeah, no, Co- Coffers was was definitely my crossword partner, and yeah, we. Not that he offered a great deal. To be fair, he backs himself as being pretty smart, but you know he's he, he's all talking and not much <laughs> not much up top.
1: That doesn't bode well for, for my brother's economics grade, as he has as a teacher then. <laughs> yeah, I probably shouldn't say that, Seems he's,
0: uh, <laughs> he's looking after quite a lot of students.
1: <laughs> and then, uh, as, as you mentioned there, four-day cricket, what do you guys do during rain delays? Because obviously England, there's it rains a little bit here sometimes. What kind of stuff do you guys get up to when there's not any cricket being played?
0: Oh God! Um, quite a lot of the lads have a catch up on a bit of sleep, especially the lads who have got kids. Um, you know, I, I that'll probably be me this year if there is any sort of downtime. You know, a pro- bit of cards. We play quite a lot of cards. Um, someone's normally got a got a um, got a, a chipper in their bag as well, and get the golf clubs out and chip a few balls around the changing room. Um, yeah, I'm not really. I'm not one for sitting still, to be honest. So you know, I I tend to get bored quite easily. So yeah, I, I turn into an absolute pest. So yeah, I normally just start trying to wind people up and see if I can get a bit of a reaction out of people, you know, which sort of goes
2: one of two ways, really. <laughs> as as an older player, you probably have to come to the end of winding people up because you're now meant to be the one as a role model, really. Um, and has, has your winding up had to been stopped because you're now the coach's favourite maybe and then he goes why can't you be more like Ian or is that just not happening <laughs> you lost the change
0: oh there's a time and a place you know when when the young lads need a, a bit of a talking to you know, I'm, I'm quite happy to give them a bit of a talking to and, and tell them to wind the neck in but you know it's all good fun and you know you've got to pass the time somehow you, you you spend that much time together you know you need to have a bit of a laugh and a bit of a joke at some time
2: one last question, Ian, and we're really grateful for your time and we won't keep you much longer. What tip would you give a young Ian Cobain just before he stepped out on the pitch against Derby for his debut?
0: Oh, God. Um, I'd probably say don't take it so seriously. <laughs> um, you know, I used to beat myself up quite a lot about, about my performance and whether that was a, a good or bad thing, I'd, you know, who knows. Um, but, yeah, going back, I'd probably say just sort of chill out a little bit more and, and stick to stick to your game and and stick to to what you what you do best you know don't don't go searching for for things that might not necessarily be there
2: yeah that's that's piece of advice that could go to seemingly every work to every piece of uh, assessments we do at university and that's quite a nice way to end it and Ian, thank you so much for coming on. You've been an absolute delight to talk to. Um, I can't wait to see you in Bristol hitting sixes for Gloucester, hopefully against Somerset. This has been Sticky Wickets. You can get us on Instagram and Twitter. Thanks again, Ian, and go well.
0: No, thanks, guys. Thanks very much for having me on. It was good fun. This is URM. 50 up for Kobe. Just 19 deliveries. Well might the Gloucestershire
2: players be standing in the dugout.